0: language and discussions if you're easily offended do not continue
1: we would be honored if you would join us
0: how are you feeling your latest workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed recovery is total I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a matter of to help and heal human beings.
1: I am a Jedi, like my father before me.
0: Alright, hello, welcome everyone to the Mandalorian edition of the Bacta Tank. I am Michael, your host, and in the studio with me today are in the back to waters. I always forget that we're in the back to waters for this show. Always, always in the back to waters. You gotta be clean. Yeah, I don't think back to cleans you; it heals you. Dave, have you forgotten what Bacta <laughs> is? It's not soap. <laughs> Maybe that's well, why you smell all the time. Cause you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm all clean, boss. I'm like, nope, that's not. not <laughs> a- what? Th- that, that, that's not how that works. No. You just heal fungus and stuff that you might get between the butt cheeks. Oh, is that all that green stuff in my pool? Yeah. All right. And also, we have Raina. Hello, Raina.
1: Hey, guys. How are you doing?
0: Welcome back to the show. It's been a while. Feels like it's been a while. Yeah. Y- you were on a roll. You know, almost felt like you were becoming a permanent fixture, and then you just abandoned us. And,
1: well, maybe if you give me my own tank, and I don't have to share with David.
2: <laughs> well, I'll consider it. <laughs> see, see? this is why we
0: can't have another guest. We only have two tanks. Yeah. True. All right, so let's talk Chapter 10, The Passenger. This episode was directed by Peyton Reed, which is a big name. He's the D- the director of Ant-Man. And it was written by John Favreau. All right, so this episode took us to an icy planet with giant ice spiders and a run-in with the New Republic. The Synapsis, The Mandalorian. Dejerin and the child are given a passenger. A frog lady. By Peli Mato, Who says they have information on the location. Of other Mandalorians. Feels like the Mandalorian is on a wild goose chase. Where are all those Mandos? They all scattered right Dave. After episode what? Nine when they were killed off. In yes. um, that one planet,
2: yeah, basically the coven was destroyed, and then he had to he he. The only one that was left alive was the
0: forger. Yeah, you would think there was. A, listen, i will just stay with the forger. I'm like, listen, come here, honey, <laughs> <laughs> forge me something. Get over here. <laughs> yeah, you would think that there would be a way to communicate, right? I mean, before they had like these symbols that we where the Mandalorians were first located. During the first season, or at least that group of Mandalorians, but there was a way to find them. They had symbols. You had to follow them. There was like little secret signs, right?
2: I think that's the thing that all of us have been waiting for is more explanation about what happened to the Mandalorians. Because as a Star Wars fan, we the last time we dealt with the Mandalorians was Cl- was a Rebels, yeah. Rebel, the, the ending of Rebels, right? And the last time we saw them. They were just finishing up their civil war, so seeing them suddenly reduced in number and basically regulated into covens and little secret societies left a lot of questions for 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 a lot of Star Wars fans. Is like, how did this happen? Well, what's going on?
0: Yeah, and I'm very surprised we have not gotten into that because that felt like it was going to be one of the first things we actually delved into. Because, as you said, rebels we saw the civil war of the Mandalorians come to an end. And then of course, something happened between that time, which was what two or three months before new hope possibly. Yeah. And then something happened between that and the five years that the Mandalorian, uh, I should say between new hope and the Mandalorian, which is what five years after return of the Jedi. So return of the Jedi, which is strange. I would think that they would lay down that bit of information first so we understand the layout of where we're at for the show um and i under i gave him a pass for the first season i'm like that's fine i get it you want to keep some mystery but now moving forward into season two i find it a little disconcerting that we still don't quite understand how everything works currently with the mandalorians why we have changed canon with the helmets why can't they take the helmets off that's not something that's been a thing. With the within Mandalorian culture, so why do they all of a sudden have like no? It seems like no knowledge
2: of the Jedi when the Jedi and the Mandalorian, since Clone Wars, knew each other as a uh, as a faction. They knew of each other. They knew of each other,
0: and now they seem not to even understand Jedi at all. And then the the slogan or the saying "This is the way." When did that become a thing? Because we've never seen that in any other versions of. Or I should say any other Star Wars stories that had to do with the Mandalorian. So there's a lot there's a lot of explaining to do. And I find uh, these episodic ventures into kind of us, unnecessary territory, I find it a little frustrating.
2: It is. It is a little frustrating. I mean, it's starting to get frustrating for myself because at first I was actually all for the episodic thing. Yes, because it would... Open up the, the 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 opportunities to kind of broaden out the Star Wars universe. Absolutely, yeah. Right. That was the in season one. That was one of the bonuses that I said is like we have a bigger kind of sandbox now thanks to Mandalorian season one. Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of like okay, yes, the sandbox is big in uh, start of season two, mm-hmm. but it'd be nice if you filled up the
0: sand with something. More than just sand, right? Yes. <laughs> well, I'm curious to find out how someone like Reyna feels about it, because I know you're 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 definitely a fan of Star Wars, and your expectations may be a little different than ours. But do you find yourself a little lost in the story?
1: Well, I, space adventure to space adventure. The only reason I'll be honest with you that I'm accepting it uh-huh. is because. At the end, I want to find him. I want to see him find the other Mandalorians. So every episode, I'm kind of like, ugh. ugh," Because he's not, you know, it's like he thinks he found a Mandalorian and he hasn't. So I am, I guess I have a little bit of a desire to see that. But I do know some back history of the Mandalorians because of my husband and comic books and stories. And so... I don't see any similarities, so I do get a little bit of confusion from that. Yeah. I'm surprised
0: more people aren't talking about that because it worked with the first opening. I don't know, the opening three or four episodes because they're like, oh, shit, they got something to explain. This is really cool. Yeah. But then we're 10 episodes in now into the second season as well. And it's just like, okay, well, when are you going to explain this? There, there's been ample time to explain what happened. Well, especially when you put it into the, put into the
2: kind of like the scope that they're treating this like chapters, you know, episode one of season two Mm -hmm. was considered chapter nine. So if this is an ongoing thing, if this was a book by chapter nine, we should get more of an inkling of like, What's going on? What is the what's what's happened to the Mandalorians as a people?
0: Right.
1: Well, for the average viewer, and I include myself in that, you think they're doing it because of the same reason I said is that at every episode, you're like, damn it. They didn't find any Mandalorians yet, but maybe next time.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. When you say the average viewer, you have to remember that this show is going to and it has you know with the launch of disney plus it's kind of reaching a broader audience than just the the average star wars fan yeah and if you weigh it down by mythos it may feel a little too much for the non star wars nutcase yeah. to fully get immersed they might feel lost in the story and and that's why i felt in the first 3 episodes or 4 episodes even the even the first half of the first season I can understand why they started off slow and said, Hey, let's ease people into this and let's start explaining things. But now this is definitely where we should start introducing, you know, little nuggets of information on how things are and why they are. I mean, the fact that we're now looking for Mandalorians when we saw all them already last season. And now this is kind of the the backbone of the opening first quarter of season two it's about finding the very people we saw already last season so that you can then track down information on something that was introduced at the end of last season so that you can then use it to propel the rest of this season it's really convoluted yeah it it feels convoluted and i and i am enjoying this series as simply uh, a bit of you know bite-sized superficial entertainment but I'm wondering how long that'll last with the bulk of the Star Wars fans. How long are we going to sit here and say, "Oh, great, frog lady, cool"? <laughs> well, that's why. That's why I think
2: that's why the whole episodic feel. If it, if that's the strategy, then it works. If you want to just focus on trying to bring in the mass audience, going the episodic route makes sense because people can. Pick up at any point in the series and not feel lost. However,
0: yeah, but that works when you're dealing with network television. Yes, because that's how it was back then. Hey, it's Tuesday night and I, I don't have to work. So I'm going to flip on the boob tube and see what's on at seven o'clock. We're talking about streaming services. It's very different. It's a different age. You know, you, you sit down and you start over and you, or say you start from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. And we'll get into a little bit more of the writing aspects in just a moment, but first I want to talk about the visual effects, and because that's something that you just can't complain about. The VFX is just out of this world amazing, and it's one of the things that keeps me glued to my screen every time I push play. Episode after episode, they continue to blow me away with what they do in this series with the visual effects. They pay attention to the details as well, because I was making a joke about the frog lady, but when it... When we saw the frog lady and she started running from the spider and then they had her hopping like an actual frog, that was actually kind of cool. It was. It was. I mean,
2: like, and it made it look very organic. It didn't look like a bad sci-fi film. No. Which, I mean, that's risky.
0: Because imagine reading that in the script. If you're the visual effects guy and you're like, okay. And then she turns into, uh, she gets on all fours and hops. If you were reading that. Like, this is fucking garbage. <laughs> yeah. I'd be laughing out loud because it just sounds a little comical. But but the visual effects team managed to make it look not cheesy, and it worked. And it gave it—it it, it actually gave it a bit more tension. They didn't make
2: her movements too comical. Mm-mm. They were believable. It's kind of like—now, I don't know if they've been using— CGI or special effects, more on Baby Yoda or the child. They go back and forth, but like in this particular episode, the movements of the child look really good. Yeah, like you can't tell the difference if it's if it's a puppet or if it's practical uh, practical effect mm-hmm. or it's a, if it's a CGI visual effect.
0: Well, that's the beautiful thing about the visual effects team they're using for The Mandalorian is that they're you they're Literally just using whatever works for the scene, which is how you should do it. And this is what I've said this many times in our discussions when we get into visual effects. To use CGI just to use CGI because it's, you know, cheaper. There should be a specific reason because of stylistic reasons. Um, Or at a convenience for whatever reason, right? Yes. It should never come down to budget. Well, budget dictates this, so this is what we're going to do. Instead, the the team on the Mandalorian is doing whatever they need to do. They have an entire toolbox of all types of different tools, and they're going to use whatever they feel is needed for that specific scene. And if it means practical, fine. If it means, you know, setting up those digital screens in the back, fine. If it means CGI, fine. That's why the show works in terms of visuals because they're not just beholden to one set of principles in terms of visual effects. Yeah. I love it. And I can't wait to see the uh VFX breakdowns. Oh my goodness, yeah. I mean, I love watching those breakdowns and I watched pretty much every one I could get my hands on for um for season 1 and it just blows you away when you see what they actually did. There are scenes where I thought it was practical. I'm like, "Oh shit, that's CGI." That's CGI. And then there's yeah. moments where I'm like that's definitely CGI and it's fucking practical. I'm like, yeah. "Wow." And uh, those
2: those videos that they've constantly promoted for the behind the scenes is like some of my favorite videos that you can find on Disney Plus.
0: Yeah, they're fun. Did you happen to watch those, Raina? Did you watch those beat the making of the Mandalorian, that mini documentary on Disney Plus?
1: I didn't see the mini documentary. I saw like um shorts like on YouTube. Oh but
2: no, I only on saw Disney- like
1: two or three of them.
2: On Disney Plus, they actually have a complete series. It's really good. It's oh really good. Oh, my
1: God. Because, I mean, I have to agree with you guys. The scenery, however they do it, is beautiful. And yeah. looks so real. And the effects, like, specifically when I was watching this episode, I the first thing I thought of when I kind of saw spiders coming out, I was like, oh, this is going to look cheap. And it didn't. <laughs> no. It looked especially, good.
2: Especially when they got to the point of showing the gigantic snow spider. Oh my a God. really big one. I was like thinking like, oh, it's this is going to look pretty bad because it's going to be really difficult to make this look believable. But they just completely shocked me and basically said uh, I was like going, this is the best spider effect I've I've seen. My yeah. favorite and scene
1: that- was when the spider was actually falling off of the craft as it was going up. <laughs> Yeah. It was so smooth. It, like I was like, oh, it's gonna look, you know, I don't know, I was expecting stiffness. No, it was smooth and just slid off like a dead fucking spider.
2: Like a dead spider. And then like when you get to even the scenes where they're the cockpit scene where they're looking up at the spider. Oh yeah. When you're looking through it through a glass, it it's like I was expecting to see some kind of, you know, limit to their to the visual effects. But the fact that you mixed the cockpit, the glass, and then you mix the movement of the spider, and when the spider attaches itself to the glass itself, it looks like it's really there. It looks like that's a practical effect. That, you know, that has to be a practical effect. But sure enough, you see the visual effects of the teeth and everything else. And I'm like going, the stuff that they, they did in this particular point in in the season, I'm like going every single episode. You see progression in their visual effects, where they can go with it, and they they keep proving that they can go beyond what they what we saw in the last episode. Which is one of the points that has me really psyched for the next episode. I want to see what they're going to do in the next one.
0: Yeah, the the thing that always. Just blows me away when it comes to the, the, the big effects like Raina mentioned a few moments ago, the spider, the, the big spider as well. When you look for those big things and we talked about this briefly when it came to the crate Dragon uh, in the last episode, the thing I always look for when it comes to those big effects is I look at the, the physics of it and there is a physics to it when you're doing visual effects. You have to understand physics to do certain types of visual effects. And how things work within certain environments. And many times even with big box office films. The physics are off. And yet when you get a scene like this in a Disney Plus streaming show. The physics is always on point. The gravity works. The movement based on how big the, the object or subject is. It just fits even with the interaction between the Razor Crest and the spider it works these people just blow me away they are not getting paid enough they they sh- probably should be given all of the budget quit paying the writers cuz the writers aren't that great
2: well d- uh, <laughs> dude i would i would honestly say that the visual effects that we have seen thus far in mandalorian rival some big budget uh movies that were released within the last 5 years well i'm going to i'm going mean, to say
0: something very controversial here dave The visual effects may be bigger in the sequel trilogy, right? Yes. But there's nothing that comes as close in terms of coolness in any of the recent three movies. When you compare it to what we're seeing in the Mandalorian. No,
2: I'm with you there. That's what I was going to. I mean,
0: am I wrong? How do you feel about that? Now I'm not saying they're not, obviously the sequel trilogy has a much bigger budget and, bigger effects right but in terms of unique quality of visual effects or i should say the unique quality of the visual effects and the creation of some of these aliens
1: i would agree with you um i am more in awe or drawn in by what i see on the mandalorian yeah well
2: think about this now it is in one of the movies that well, the Star Wars movie that's very div- divisive, which is The Last Jedi, but the scene in of of Canto bite the casino scene, right? <laughs> yeah. That was okay, that was, that a was pretty cool that scene. That was yeah. a cool scene. Yeah. But when you compare the effects, they did a they did amazing set design mm-hmm. in Canto bite, Yeah. But when you compare it to like the organic feel the, like the Mandalorian looks more organic than Canto
0: Bight. Well, there's a disconnect, and that goes back to the big visual effects where a lot of these big visual effects guys are like, well, we got a big budget, so we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to do this. They don't pay attention to all the, the things that you have to pay attention to on something like the Mandalorian. So you are right. like, Yeah, it's big, it's great, but the, the, attention, to detail the attention to detail is is definitely there. I'm not saying it's not, but when... But the Mandalorian visual effects is just the detail is just mind blowing. Mind like, and you're like watching you,
1: the big films on a huge screen, so that already right there is an attention grabber. But when yeah. I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about when I'm watching those movies and I'm not looking at the screen, going "Wow!" like I was today watching yeah. Chapter Ten, that says something.
0: Yeah, I mean, even when the X wings showed up, oh, this oh, one yeah. Yeah. You can, you could, like, they're there. Yeah. It just there's no lens flare that's trying to hide the effect. They're just there and that, they, they that, look real.
2: They look like they're it looks it looks more real than actually even like at the end of uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. That, the huge dogfight scenes that we saw at the end of that. But just seeing the X-Wings here look more organic than the ones in the Rise of
0: Skywalker. Yeah, for sure. All right, so Misty Rosas, Rosas or Rosas? We'll say Rosas. He's definitely Hispanic. <laughs> Misty Rosas provided the physical performance for the Ugnat Coolie last season. And she also performed, or I should say she was also the, the person who performed the Frog Lady, which I think is interesting. Now, there are people on Twitter saying that she did a great job with her Frog Leaps. and I started laughing for a second I'm like wait a second that's visual effects you're not asking an actor okay now we need you to get on all fours and hop along hop along from side to side and I laughed out loud when I read the tweets because I was like oh Jesus that's embarrassing you better delete that tweet but then I looked up her her credits and she is a stunt person that's what she does and she's a suit performer she does mocap yes
2: but some of the, the, some of the movements of the frog lady in this one could not have
0: been mo-capped because, like, you don't think people can move that way, Dave? <sighs> but listen, just because you have difficulty bending down to turn on and off a light doesn't mean everyone exactly. does. <laughs> listen, I would love to know, and that's why I want to see the visual effects breakdowns because I'm leaning about 90-10 right now that it was visual effects.
2: Uh, I'm with you yeah
0: I'm, I'm sorry it's 90-10 what do you think Raina do you think she was actually leaping like a fucking frog
1: <laughs> now I'm questioning because I at <laughs> first was convinced that that was CGI yeah
2: 90 now I'm I,
1: questioning yeah I'm thinking okay strap on a fucking harness to her fucking pull her up in the air have her bend like she does when she does <laughs> other things
0: oh my god that would be funny you imagine how silly style. that would look
1: <laughs> hey, but, how much are they paying her?
0: Uh, probably a lot of money. She okay. gets she's a stunt performer so she gets paid as much as actors do.
1: Yeah, so it's possible. I'll go 80/20. <laughs> well,
0: we'll find out with that next release of the behind the scenes. The behind are the are scenes. we getting another season of that, you think? I think I so. I think that's I have not. I have
2: heard uh I've heard uh news that basically just like what they did with first season, they're probably going to wait a couple of maybe a month or two.
0: Well, that's what they did last season,
2: and then they're going to release. Hey, season two's behind the scenes. Yeah, so i I think that they will. I think that basically Disney Plus needs its content more than ever. I mean, yeah. me and you have have stated is like, why are what people content Dave? exactly? <laughs> why are people buying Disney Plus now? I mean, uh, with the debacle that was Mulan. Ooh. What, what happened with Mulan it, it, it just hurt it you weren't excited to spend an additional $30 exactly not? just for more content not, Wait,
1: did any of you watch it
0: <laughs> what's that
1: did any of you watch it
0: no but I've heard from almost everyone that it was really bad oh, here. It. it was bad did you not like <laughs> it Reina
1: I didn't watch it no I, oh, I, I oh. didn't want to spend the money
0: well, that's what I think is funny. They they asked people to spend $30 on top of their streaming service fee. And it, the movie was reviewed like horribly. Yes. It yeah. was bad. Yeah. All right. So let's get into the writing aspect. This episode, in my opinion, was an improvement over last week's in terms of writing. As you mentioned, Dave, off air, the mechanics. Mechanics. The mechanics of the writing was much better. The script felt a little tighter. Uh, that might have to do a little bit with the shorter running time. This one was not a, close to an hour. It's more. It was what, like forty-two minutes? Forty-two with minutes. credits. So that was like thirty-eight minutes, roughly, of actual screen yeah. time. Uh, the plot was relatively simple to follow. You had outlaws attack Mando. Mando gets a lead on more Mandos. Mando transports frogs so that he can get information on Mandos. Mando crashes on an ice planet. Does that sound about right?
1: That breaks it down,
0: yeah. That breaks yeah. it down. And ninety nine percent of this was more or less designed as simply fun, not really having much to do with the bigger story. Which do we even know what that is right now at this point? Can, really. can we define what the bigger story is for Mandalorian, Dave?
2: Not, not at this point. I mean, people would say that. Oh, it's the search for the child's people. People,
0: right? The Jedi sorcerers,
2: yeah. But if you're if you were going to say that, then basically, did we actually get anywhere closer? Not really. Right. So the, the larger story was not in effect in this episode.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think that's why I keep having problems with this show. It's not quite a serial. It's more episodic. It's more episodic. Said, yeah. With some unnecessary filler. But it desperately wants to be a serial because we have a very thin through line, which is the bigger story, the myth arc. Yeah. And it's taken me 10 episodes to come to this realization. And I'm fine with that if this is the show. Fine. But we do need to create a little consistency. I just have to come to terms with this is the show. This is what the show is.
1: This is the way. Which
0: it's- <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. And because when we get a really good episode of the Mandalorian, we get a really good episode of the Mandalorian. There is there is no in between. It's kind of ho hum episode. Then holy mother of God. That was amazing. That was amazing. That's how last season was. There was no average episodes. It was like, wow, that's not very great. Oh, shit. This was amazing. The best thing ever.
2: Yeah, it's it was a roller coaster ride. You have super lows and super highs. Now, you
0: call it a roller coaster. And in the in the in the worlds of in the writing circles, they call that. Convoluted <laughs> and unbalanced, <laughs> unbalanced right? Writing.
2: Writing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes,
2: yes, and because it. In the very first season. I made the made the statement that. This is how it
0: was. This is the way. This is the way. Uh, <laughs> this is how it was written. What Favro to... says that like anybody comes up to him, he's like, "Hey father, you know, there's some problems with the script. You know, I, I, we might want to tighten this up." You know, no, this is the way. This is the way. <laughs> it just walks yeah. away. <laughs> it's like, oh.
1: <laughs> yeah, the person but, just gives a real sad. This is the way.
2: This is the way, and then just walks off. <laughs>
0: Ladies say that with a sigh when they're having sex with me. Like, oh, this is the way. (laughs) Oh. Go ahead, David. But like. (laughs) I like how it silenced everybody. Like, Jesus. Wow. This got really depressing. Well, I wanted to take away the pressure from the writing of the episode. I figured I'd put. I I think I'd take Favreau out of the hot seat and just put myself in there for a second. Yeah. But
2: here's the thing. Now we want to be nice, we do, but we also have to be honest. And it's okay. It was okay in uh, in season one because Mm -hmm. we gave it a pass. We were going, okay, this is Favreau's first time doing a television series. Television type narratives are very difficult. It's different from movie writing.
1: But we want.
2: It's actually tougher. It's it's much much tougher. Yeah. And like we expected progression in season two.
0: Not regression, progression. Right, because that's, that's what I think is funny. And I don't know if Raina picked up on this or any other of our listeners out there, but you leave us last season with a cliffhanger, essentially. A huge cliffhanger. <laughs> and a potential villain and a big threat. And then we start the season off and we don't have a threat, nor do we have a villain.
1: I mean, yes. they're still there, aren't they? Aren't yes, they showing it at the end of it, the episode? What's that? Aren't they showing it at the end of pretty much every episode? You see this villain.
0: What? Who? What? What, what villain? I'm, did we see? Did I? Did I turn it off too quick at the end of this episode? Did we see something, Dave? I don't re- recall because I'm making of the things going, up.
1: I swear to God, that person with the lightsaber—it's a dark saber, right? right? Yeah, it didn't oh, show you, it. No,
0: see, but it was that person, person at the the person at the end of last episode was Boba Fett.
1: Wait, what?
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> The last, the, okay, the last episode. So I wonder how many. See, I, this is why I like having Rain on the show because she <laughs> is. This is perfect because this is an inside to the, because she, like I said, Rain is a Star Wars fan, but she's not us. She's not like r- ridiculous nerds who read everything. Yeah. I
1: Raina they, is. A, I knew they were is, talking about introducing Boba Fett, but I did not fucking catch that.
0: That was Boba Fett. At the that end of the Boba last Fett. episode. Yeah, without his helmet, and the guy. Okay, from the that first makes ep- sense. And Timothy Oliphant's character was wearing Boba Fett's armor. Yes, that's yes. Yeah, so I'm yeah. sure you caught that one. But like the the very end, the person that's
2: watching the Mandalorian speed off into the distance, that was Boba Fett. Yeah, that's okay. the same
0: actor that played Jango Fett in the Clone Wars and plays all the clones in the movies. So yeah.
2: Giancarlo Giancarlo Stanton who was the villain that got introduced at the very end with the Darksaber, has yet to make say? an appearance. What did you call him? Giancarlo St- or Esposito. Esposito. Who's Giancarlo oh. Car- okay, Statton? It- That's
1: a baseball player. That's <laughs> well, a baseball the end player. Of the first episode? Or excuse <laughs> oh me, my episode God. nine? <laughs> yeah. The- chapter nine. <laughs> wait, what's that, Reyna? Who was the villain at the, or the person at the end of chapter nine? I swear to God I fucking saw somebody at the end of chapter nine. And I thought it was the villain.
0: No, that was oh, Boba Fett. That at the was end. Boba Fett without his helmet on. He was okay. In the, he so was... that
1: was Chapter Nine. What about Chapter Ten? I thought I saw another person.
0: No, I think you're seeing things. I think okay. it might be the COVID. That one, that one COVID. I think you're seeing things.
1: It's the run. Okay, okay, okay. We're caught up. Sorry, carry on. I interrupted.
0: <laughs> it's the COVID. But isn't that an interesting insight, though? Like, how many other people have no idea that is the, who that person is? You know what's is funny? As I
1: know who that person is. That's the, it's the COVID. We're gonna blame the COVID.
0: Well, no, no, no.
2: That's the that's the one issue I thought would be a big thing in the last episode for a lot of people because if they're trying to aim at mass audiences, right? Yeah, they're not going to know that that's Boba Fett, right? They're really not. Well, mass maybe, audiences don't really, right? Uh, don't really, you know, give two hoots about Boba Fett. The hardcore fans like us, yeah, we're going to care. We're going to care about Boba Fett, and that was a cool cliffhanger. Yeah, but. We know it's Boba Fett because we know about the mythos.
0: And we know the actor. And the actor. The moment we saw him, yeah.
2: And you know that armor and everything else. And that's for hardcore fans. But it goes into the problem that.
0: You're introducing so many elements without ever really connecting them. Exactly. That's my problem. We're 10 episodes in to the run of Mandalorian. And there's so many things introduced, but nothing's connected. And it's starting to feel a little I mean these are the types of problems you have after twenty seven episodes after three or four seasons, and you're like, "Oh shit, things are kind of running away, or're ten episodes in, and it feels like the show's running away from itself,
2: yeah, especially since you know like we're we're made to believe the main thorough line is through the child, the story of the child is the main thorough line because it's it's the Mandalorian's goal is to f- help the child out and find his people. Okay. So the child connects everybody. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they did a good job at the end of season one, because all of a
0: sudden you have uh, Moff Gideon show up and he wants to get the child. You're right. Everything is connected to the child, but we we definitely need to start seeing that, that path a little more clear. And as I was starting to get into a few moments ago, Dave, like if this is the show, the show is simple and it's just, hey, episodic. I'm fine with that. I can I can kick my feet up and enjoy some Star Wars action and some silliness. Absolutely can. I know what Star Wars is. Yeah. The thing that I can't get behind are some of the illogical decisions. (laughs) that are included within the writing at times. That's the thing I just can't I can't get past that.
2: And, and this episode there
0: was th- There was a lot. There was a lot. For example, last episode the decision to seek out other mandos in order to find more information on the child's people, right? Yes. Okay, so the idea of the force and the Jedi seem to be completely foreign to the Mando, right? That that much is clear. That makes sense. As we've said many times, we've heard That the Jedi are all but extinct at this time. Tarkin said so in New Hope to Vader. The universe is a big place. Blah, 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 blah. We've got into all of this, right? Yes. So it's very reasonable to assume that these ideas are foreign to the Mando. That he's never heard of Jedi. He doesn't know what the Force is because he was confused when the child used it. But then when the New Republic (laughs) X-Wings confront him, he says, may the Force be with you. Okay, so now we have a guy who knows nothing about the Force and or Jedi, and he uses a saying that is obviously connected to the Jedi. But, devil's advocate here, let's say it's a common phrase among certain circles. Let's say it's no different than saying, bless you, or God be with you, right? Okay. Fine, that works. But we've only heard him say it once, and it was in this episode, and to the very people, the New Republic that it would make sense for him to say it too in order for him to calm the waters and not raise any suspicion. But how would he know to say, may the force be with you to the new Republic, unless he knew of the new Republic's connection to the Jedi and the force?
2: Yes. And especially since, since day one, since day one, they have, they have shown that they, the Mandalorians, especially in his coven, do not have a concept of the force.
0: They don't understand. They don't know what it is. And
2: oh, they call the Jedi's what?
0: Sorcerers. They are sorcerers called Jedi. There are tales. The armorer made it out to be like that no one really knows. But then she decides to go seek out the same Mandalorians that were there with the armorer to find information about the Jedi. When <laughs> there are tales of them. like You're led to a belief that no one really knows. But then you have them say, may the force be with you. To the New Republic. Now, listen, if he knows that the Force and the idea of the Force is a thing that's associated with the New Republic, then why don't he then say, hey, X-Wing guys, I have the child with me. <laughs> I have baby Yoda <laughs> here, and I'm looking for its people. You guys are connected to the Jedi. I heard a rumor that just a few years ago, uh, you have Leia Organa, who is a is Force-sensitive, running your government right now. And also Luke Skywalker, a man I heard of that blew up the Death Star. Can I just leave this child with you? Like, that's where I'm having problems with the show. Logically, it no longer makes sense. They're starting to break the show. And that's when I have problems. I can forgive cheesiness. I can forgive even poor writing at times. But one thing I can't forgive are illogical decisions that break shows. Well, see, now you mentioned this off the
2: air. Alongside this example, but the other example is the one that like thoroughly, thoroughly frustrated me was the whole idea was the Mandalorian helps this frog lady out of honor and, and out of his code of sense of honor to save the, save the fog frog lady and her species
0: and protect the eggs. And protect her bloodline. Because protect her bloodline. if she doesn't get these eggs to this planet where her husband's at. They're going to die. Her bloodline will die and cease to exist. And then. There's a lot writing on the Mandalorian. Yes.
2: And throughout the episode. I could, I could forgive it for once. Because it's, a, it's, a, it's the child. But then you did it multiple times. And what is that Dave? <laughs> she, the, the child kept eating the goddamn eggs. Yeah. And I'm like, going, dude, it's funny the first time. Okay, we get it. The child that doesn't understand. Okay. But it's at this moment, the writing of using this joke time and time again. Got me to hate the child. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I got because mad. by the oh, end, dare you, David! By the <laughs> end, baby Yoda! By the end, I have to watch the child. David,
0: We're I'm gonna turn your mic it. off now. We're I can't <laughs> I can't listen to you talk shit about no, the child. No, somebody
1: needs to slap that little shit.
0: Someone's gonna murder you, Dave.
1: Uh, I don't care right now.
0: Did cause... Raina just call him a little shit? Did I hear that correctly? Did you, hear, yeah. did you call the child a little shit?
1: I called the child a little shit. I said it to my kids too. The motherfucker wasn't listening. He said, no, exactly. he said not to
2: touch those eggs he, and, and at the very end. What does the child do? He's sitting there, eats another egg while no one's looking. And I'm like, going, you little shit. I want to punch you. <laughs> Let's backtrack <laughs> just a
0: second, because let me let me um, let me rephrase everything you just said just a bit. OK, Dave, because you are right. But I want to make sure listeners there aren't rolling their eyes and just getting mad at us because you are right. This is what I'm talking about when it comes to the writing. It's a lack of attention to detail. Yeah. Theme, subtext, narrative. They're all needed to write a TV show. And in this episode, they all contradict each other. Because as you said, the episode's theme could be said to have been built around honor and empathy. Honor and empathy. Like you said, we have the frog lady that is desperate to get her eggs to a planet where they can hatch. It's the only way her bloodline will continue. The Mandalorian chooses to stay on that ice planet and get the ship repaired so that she can get her ass to that planet because of his honor. She even brought it up. She even Jimmy rigged an android so she can communicate this to him. It's important. This is my bloodline. That's kind of sad, too. Like her bloodline will come to an end if we don't get these eggs there. But it's okay. We're going to make comedy and light of it and we're going to have baby yoda eat the very thing they're trying to save like sure it's funny but you're you're actually contradicting your theme which is built on honor by having a comedic moment by having the child continue to eat the very thing that's going to end this woman's bloodline it's weird it's a
2: bizarre thing to do it's a bizarre thing and also just given into context of everything it's an overuse
0: of a joke in writing and i'm because i agree to with this, you dave because it once it would have been fine yeah like okay it's funny it's funny he's cute but then they kept doing it it just
1: it got old and th- the mandalorian just kind of brushed it off like oh he's not gonna do it i told him no when he knows good goddamn well that the child <laughs> will always go and try to grab something he's not supposed to grab it happens all the fucking time and yeah,
2: and that's, that, that's what I was actually going to bring up is like this is an ongoing joke at this point where the child is constantly eating something that he shouldn't,
0: but he doesn't seem to learn. But this is where Bavaro's lack of knowledge when it comes to TV comes to the forefront. We notice it because when you're writing TV, you have to keep these types of things in mind. Little jokes like this work for TV shows, but when you're using a theme to... To keep it, maybe there isn't even a theme there. But, and if Favreau doesn't, isn't aware that you should have every episode wrapped around a theme, then he shouldn't even be writing TV. But you should have a theme, a subtext, and a narrative. Those are all three separate elements, but all part of one story making process. And that's my problem, my biggest problem with this episode. And if I go back and start looking for those issues in other episodes, I'm sure they're there as well. Because if you were to think of the theme as your rule, Okay, that's your rule. The theme is about honor. Well, then, as you're writing the episode, you would make sure there would be no decisions in your writing process that would break that concept. Yeah. You're dealing with a frog lady's bloodline and you're just making jokes about eating it. It's just and it's silly. It's funny and it's whatever. But at the same time, you're building your episode on that. You should have built your episode on the back of something else. Favreau just I, I think Favreau is just not good at writing TV and it's very sad for me to say this because I actually went to film school because of him no joke I've never said this on the air in 1997 when his movie came out Swingers amazing fucking amazing movie amazing script amazing script he was great acting in it that's where Vince Vaughn got started so many people's careers started from that movie I fucking love that movie that's what made me want to start writing films and I've always followed his career because he's a fantastic filmmaker. But this dude, he can't write TV. There, there some problems here. Give me fun. Give me silly. But do it the right way. Do it the right way. Star Wars is fun and silly for the most part. Fun and silly, yes. But when it just becomes redundant. I'd rather take. Seven seasons of George Lucas writing a series just about Jar Jar Binks. I'm sure that would be much better at this point. <laughs> and I know Star Wars fans now are going to throw darts at me. They're going to find out what I look like on social media. They're going to print up an image of my profile pic, and they're going to just throw darts at it. They're going to get <laughs> mad. They're going to get angry because how dare you talk about Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian, are gods. But listen, I need more than just coolness to, I know I said at the end of last episode's discussion, I was like, I'm not going to get into this anymore. but. When the entire episode is uh, is a fractured mess, there's not really much to talk about. Yeah. So either we're going to come in here every week and really give it a good once over and a little smack to the ass. You know, or we're just not going to do the discussions on the Mandalorian. Exactly. I mean, th- like give <laughs> us some story that we could talk about, because there's really I mean, if we weren't going to talk about any of the issues, we would probably be here for 15 minutes. And Raina can go about her business and have her you know, her drinks and go to bed. Well, dude, not
2: to uh, not to just dogpile on it, but <laughs> not to dogpile, but to make this point clear, the feeling I have after this episode is the same feeling I have when we were getting through Resistance. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, David. We didn't even finish Resistance because it decided to break itself okay. in the middle of the season. You know what?
0: You're not wrong. And honestly, <laughs> oh shit. You dude, see right. the jokes in this episode and I'm like going the screaming in the fall and I, I don't <laughs> <The> understand <laughs> Dave because Clone Wars is amazing. Yeah. Star Wars Rebels is amazing. It's amazing. And this show is starting to feel a little bit like Resistance because Resistance was silly and we enjoyed the episodes when they were silly and and just lighthearted. But when you but break, the moment they broke their show. Yeah. They literally, I don't want to get into too much, but they they introduced elements and then pretended they didn't introduce those elements, elements. and then introduced characters when they didn't need to Me introduce too. characters. And they broke. They literally broke. We I've never witnessed a show break themselves the way resistance did. And the Mandalorian is slowly getting there. They got to be careful. They have to be careful.
1: Do they have to have silliness in every episode? I really feel like it's unnecessary. Because <laughs> chapters 9 and chapter 10, I swear to God, every time something silly happened, I might have got a little chuckle, but I was like, I could have done without that. It was more irritating than anything.
0: Yeah. It took yeah.
1: away from and, the seriousness and what was really going on. And it was like, I didn't like that. And it's both, yeah. it's chapters 9 and chapter 10. Come on, we're two episodes into season two. And it's like, okay, enough already.
0: Yeah. It, That's how I, I like feel that about it. I like that Raina saying that so that it doesn't sound like just you and I are being nitpicky douches. But Dave, (laughs) you and I are sometimes ahead of the curve when it comes to reviewing certain things. When some people are like, oh, this is great and they're blowing it. You and I are sitting like, well, it's it's it can be great, but there's something off about it. And nine times out of 10, David, we end up being right. And sure enough, we're not the only one starting this week, starting this week after this episode. I finally start seeing various articles popping up complaining about the Mandalorian. And we've never seen that. For nine episodes, we've never seen it. But after this episode, people are like, okay, something's wrong.
2: Yeah, because we're people are starting to catch on. People are
0: starting to catch on. It takes time. Because takes when you time. see laser blasts and crate Dragons and you see the awesome Mandalorian armor and visual effects, most people are distracted with that that's the purpose of escapism I get that but at the end of the day you got to have a little bit of substance there you got to you got to know how to write a show to keep us invested and based on those articles I saw popping up today people are starting to see through the glitz yes and they're wanting more substance they want the story the way I see this
2: and I wrote this down on my notes at the very end The way I feel about Mandalorian after this episode is kind of like the way you look at a really good looking cosplayer. Oh, right. They look amazing. Mm -hmm. They look amazing. But there's cosplayers out there. But then they take off
0: their costume. They take off their costume and 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 suddenly you're like,
2: going, what the hell? there's nothing there. Oh, dang, <laughs> come on. The, and it's the honest to truth. It's the honest to God truth that I wrote that in my notes and I'm like going that's how I feel about watching this after watching this episode is like it looks pretty. But looks David, fantastic. It's
0: made for 12-year-olds. That's George Lucas's original concept for Star Wars. Every time you get a Star Wars fanboy that wants to justify something that's not good, that's what they say. What do you expect? It was made for 12-year-olds. I'm like, listen, there are things that are made for 12-year-olds that are fucking amazing. Amazing. And I'd I'm, I'm be like going, okay, fine. Let's ask a 12-year-old.
2: And I guarantee you a 12-year-old will look at it and go, this is crap and boring. Well,
0: dude, I, I know <laughs> when my son doesn't like something because he looks at me from the side see if I like it. <laughs> and we're watching Mandalorian, and my son just kind of looks at me to see if I'm okay with this.
1: My <laughs> daughter's not impressed I just keep with this sh- season at all. She's 12. What's that? My daughter is 12. She's not impressed with this season so far.
0: Uh, yeah. I, that's She's
1: almost good. bored.
0: But see, your children are shaming you. <laughs> I, uh, they yes, are. They do. My son shaved me about me watching um, Resistance. He's all, you're still watching this? Wow. And- <laughs> <That's laughs> exactly- he he turned around walked away and was like disgusted (laughs) that's when I knew I had to stop and you're like wait but it's Star Wars and that's when I knew I had an addiction to Star Wars Yep. it's not an addiction to Star Wars it's an addiction to wanting something to be good and you're just waiting we're like abused women (laughs) who just can't leave that husband we're like it's gonna get better I can fix him it's going to get better.
1: <laughs> it's going to
0: change. So I don't. At this point Dave. Two episodes in. I'm sure out of. Let's see we have six episodes left. I'm, I'm sure concerned. I'm sure there's going to be two or three episodes. That are fantastic. But I think moving forward. This is just what we need to expect. This is the show. Why is it suddenly going to change? You think Favreau is suddenly going to learn how to write. Television. Like I said this on our supernatural discussion recently. It comes, you get to a point where you're just like, eh, well, this is the show. Okay. <laughs> you know,
1: there's no other writers. It's just Favro. What's that? There's no other writers. It's just Favreau.
0: For the last two episodes, it's just Favreau. And if you look at last episode or last season, the best episodes were the ones that were, I think he directed, or I think he wrote the last episode, but yes, the show got better when he wasn't writing. Mm. Yeah. When Filoni was the writer. Yeah, Filoni did okay, and a few of the other writers did okay. Favreau just needs to be a showrunner. Like he has great ideas. The concept of the Mandalorian and the areas we're exploring are cool. I'm not going to say they're not. They are very cool and they are intriguing. But we need to get there, and we're not getting there.
2: No, you're 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 basically being a hamster on a wheel, and that's what it is. The the Mandalorian as a character is a hamster on the wheel, you know, like what, is there any for progress that they've given him within the last two, two episodes? He's still at
0: square one. And I'm a little concerned for the future of Mandalorian because John Favreau in a, during a recent interview with, I believe it was entertainment weekly. Hold on. yeah, it's Entertainment weekly. You know what? Let me just pull it up. Hold on. All right, the Mandalorian showrunner, Jon Favreau, was also a fan of the HBO fantasy series Game of Thrones and previously told Entertainment Weekly regarding season two. As we introduce other characters, there are opportunities to follow different storylines. The world was really captivated. Uh, The world was really captivated by Game of Thrones and how they evolved as the characters followed different storylines. That's very appealing to me. As an audience member. And he wants to do. A similar thing. With the Mandalorian. The reason why this is concerning. Because I already see him doing that. He is introducing. Random characters. But the thing with Game of Thrones is. And this is something he doesn't understand. The Game of Thrones writers. Except for maybe the last season. They know how to write TV. And these characters weren't introduced. So you can explore their own storylines. Their character arcs were designed to guide the main storyline of Game of Thrones. No one ever had their own random story. It was always about the bigger story. And with Mandalorian, what we see so far, we have a lot of faces that pop up. Characters you introduce, and I understand he's building his universe, but this is TV. You're not building a franchise necessarily. Yes. And you're introducing these faces and then never going back to them, but leaving open-ended questions and open-ended potential for story. And it just kind of leaves you second-guessing. I'm still waiting to go back to, uh, I don't want to go back to Tatooine. I think we need to be done. But the, the lady that got shot last year, that everyone made, I forgot her name. The actress everyone oh, yeah, made a yeah, big yeah. deal about her being cast in Mandalorian and then she gets blown away in the first episode <laughs> and we don't even know what her real importance was.
2: And then on top of that, that's the same episode where we had the infamous scene of the boot scene yeah, that everyone was talking about
0: and it was never brought up again. It might be, might be what people had thought, which was Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Now that we know he is going to be in the show. So... Who knows? I just think Favreau needs a slowdown. I think the last thing we need right now are more characters. We need to focus on what we have because there's a lot of moving pieces, um, or I should say a lot of ideas he introduced that aren't moving. They're just stagnant. Yes. They the don't
1: feel relevant to me either. He hasn't done yeah. anything to make them feel relevant yet.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, look at Cara Dune. I mean, there's so much potential. Nothing. Nothing. You have Apollo Creed. Grief Karga, yeah. How how is our core cast not even being we're two episodes in and they haven't even been introduced again? Yeah. And they're they're leads of the show. And if you think about it, they're
2: great characters. They're cool. Don't get don't get us wrong. I hope our audience doesn't get us wrong. They're great they, characters. They already signed out. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're great characters,
0: but they don't have anything to them. Yeah. there's no point to them. No. And, All right, Dave, we got we got to move on. I don't want to cut you off, buddy, but no We no, no, no. we we're getting to that hour point and uh why don't you continue your thought as part of your final thoughts and that way we can close out the show. Okay.
2: I'm getting to the point. I I'm getting to the uh point of the show where I was dreading because Oh Jesus. I am giving Mandalorian episode 2 chapter whatever. <laughs> this one is a 45. It is... G- what? It is the, in my opinion, my least favorite episode of Mandalorian oh, hold ever.
0: on, Even more than episode four of last year? Oh, yes. 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 Wow. Yes. <laughs> because... David, you're more forgiving than I am. That's pretty, I'm actually amazed by here. I'm surprised. I know, I know. I'm, you're giving it a what? A 40? A 45.
2: Wow. Because I couldn't, I couldn't make up my mind if I gave this a 40 because that, that's really hard. I need a 40 when I'm watching this. <laughs> yes. So I was like going, maybe give it a 50, but giving it a 50 is like giving it a pass and I can't do that. Yeah. So I split the difference. 45 because your story doesn't your story doesn't matter the the this episode you can skip this episode and pretty much nothing but the frog lady are we gonna actually ever see her again mike i doubt it i highly but doubt baby
0: it. yoda eating eggs and looking so cute Exactly. And that, we all know that that's annoying me. But Dave Filoni is one of the X-wing pilots. What, what, what you sh- And then and then you did that. Then but, I want to David, drop it to a thirty. David, but <laughs> may the force be with you.
2: Yeah. And then let's let's save. The Mandalorian and his crew
0: from the spiders. The the rope, the rope routine where you use a rope to knock the guy off the speeder that we haven't seen before. (laughs) We've seen that about 45 different times times in Star Wars.
2: But like. And then on top of that, let's save the Mandalorian and the crew. Why did they use a but rope? We're they going have guns. <laughs>
0: yeah. They have
2: guns. <laughs> they could have shot him off his fucking speeder. And then Mike. <laughs> no, we're going to use a fucking rope. <laughs> and then Mike. Mike. The X-Wing pilots. They're getting me mad, David. The X-Wing pilots decide to save them, but leave them to die.
0: Yeah. Hey, we came here <laughs> to shoot the, the spiders. spiders to protect you. But we're not going to save you, but we're going to leave you to die here. But we just saved your life. See you later. See ya. Peace. Yeah, that that makes no sense either. There's just a lot of for no reasons. Yeah. And like, you know what this feels like, Dave? Resistance? No. (laughs) It feels like a first draft of a script. It does. does. When you write a first draft, you do a lot of for no reasons because you're trying to figure out how you're going to you're kind of just essentially moving through plot. That's what you're doing during a first draft. You're like, all right, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go to the bathroom, and I'm going to go to the kitchen, and I'm going to come back to the office. Well, why did you go to the bathroom and then go to the kitchen and then go to your, your office? office? Well, you usually don't show all that in the first draft. Yeah. You rewrite. I'm like, well, I went to the bathroom because I had to take a shit, and then I was hungry, and then I need to get back to work. That's how you fill it out. Yeah. and I'm- With with this, it just feels like there's a lot of, hey, I'm going to move to a. Then I'm going to move to B, and then I'm going to move to C. But why did you move in those directions? And, uh, and, and at that time, I don't know. I don't know. And I agree with you. The mechanics of this
2: episode is better than the first one. The mechanics. But your dialogue is bad. It's bad. It's first well, draft that's, bad. That's
0: Star Wars dialogue, though. I mean,
2: no, no, dude. Dude, the whole, we we talked about the whole "May the Force be with you." Okay, and that's, also that's with not you.
0: dialogue. That's just, but that is dialogue. But that's just story decisions. I and wouldn't, then, I wouldn't call that necessary. And bad then you dialogue.
2: have you have the mechanic dialogue in the very beginning where she's literally. Hey, I like her. I like her too. But here was the problem: she knew where Mandalorians were
0: at. She knew everything. How? I, know- I don't know. Oh, I know a guy. Yeah. Uh, oh, you're looking for Mandalorians? How come you wouldn't say this before? Yes. Why didn't you say anything? Yeah. Okay, Dave. <laughs> so 45. Yeah, Reina, you need get a 45. Give me your final thoughts and your grade, please. Go ahead. I
1: hate you guys. I had a higher <laughs> score.
0: Go and ahead. That's fine. You
1: talked since uh, the lower it dropped, but this episode does get a pass from me. I'll give it at least a 60 because okay, I do see it going somewhere. Maybe it's a little slower than you guys want it to be. <laughs> I see potential. I'm giving it a 60.
0: I wish I can have your optimism, Raina. Can I can I um can you give me some of that,
1: please? No, fuck you.
0: <laughs> okay, so she's giving it a 60. I actually will give it more than that. I'll give it 61%. How? Because of the visual effects.
1: Yes. That's my big thing. Visual effects.
0: It's gorgeous. It's beautiful looking. Even we didn't even get into the the color palette. The color palette. <laughs> is fucking astonishing how they match it to the original trilogy I mean if I didn't know better I'd feel like I'm watching something from 1979 and George Lucas directed it I mean the image is ma- Tatooine he walks into the cantina it looks fucking exactly like New Hope so there are things that are just absolutely astounding <laughs> from the technical aspect but when Dave it comes to laughing. story and writing what's that
1: I told Dave to quit laughing <laughs>
0: There are things that, that, that are of, of value when it comes to this show. It's just the story. Fucking Favreau needs help, dude. He's drowning. Resistance, dude. It, it's starting to feel like resistance. Filoni, please, buddy. Please. Not to
2: burst your bubble help mic. Help him. Not to burst your bubble Mike. We said resistance looked pretty in the beginning. That's true. And it looked pretty. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, now that we have no uh, listeners left, <laughs> everyone loves us. But guess what? You know what? They may hate us now. But they're going to come back in a year, when they realize the Mandalorian isn't that great, and they're going to owe us an apology, and they to be like, you know, what? I'm sorry, guys. I really hated you guys, and I put a voodoo voodoo hex on you guys. But now I'm going to come back and apologize and take away that that curse. <laughs> All right, we do need to close out the show. I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you, Reyna. This is the way. Thank you, David.
2: May the force be with us. <laughs>
0: Yes.
2: <laughs>